The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit mikesarchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want him? Yeah. Welcome back, Redneck Tech Podcast 142, and I can't remember what I named this one. I think it's Movies and TV Shows Lately. Um, We were looking through some of the old podcasts, or old podcasts, the history of Redneck Tech, which is 140-something episodes. We've done a lot. And um, the number one podcast to our, I don't know if our chagrin or our chagrin disappointment. Chagrin. You like that word? I, I do. I'm going to look this it up. This is very non-Redneck Tech podcast to use the word chagrin. How do you spell chagrin? I don't know the try. answer to that. I don't even want to try. Um, chagrin, C-H-A-G-R-I-N. Okay. Noun, distress or embarrassment yep. at having failed or been humiliated. Perfect. To have Perfect to descriptor. Much to our... Chagrin. Embarrassment. Distress and Because embarrassment. our podcast is about trying to get better and creating content in the outdoors. And our number one podcast, not even close second, number one was our all-time movie list podcast. That one has been listened to about four times as many times as the next closest podcast. The next one was Dudley's podcast that we did about him trying to find somebody to, to work with him. So with that, that was a really fun one for us. So we're going to kind of go along with that same thing on this one. But before we get started... We have some new gear we wanted to show you. I'll have I'll hand Ryer one. So we were wanting some um, lights that we could put in different places. We could yeah. accent with them. We could also yeah. we could also Lightsaber. like we can't really fight. Yeah, we don't want to break them. But um, yeah. they also change colors. They do like a little police thing. Yeah, I don't know how to get there. I don't either. Do you hold it down? We're just going to cycle through. They also have remotes. Here we go. This one's just doing the red. There's the blue. Oh, there, there it is. There's the cop. Yeah. Beep. Beep. Yeah, so these are Luxio lights. They're super nice for just accenting. We use these in the Bergara shoot. Really cool. Something to throw in your light case. They're USB rechargeable. Um, you're getting pulled over by the cops. Pretty inexpensive, too. Really cool little hair light, backlight, you know, adding light into places, different colors. Um, and we were on the shoot with a guy who had this light, and we had to have it. So this is our another. Once again, the theory of if you want something, let Caleb hold it, and you will soon have it. All right. This theory is becoming more of a law. Okay. More and more. I mean, not always. It has never failed. If it, I like it. has it. always been proven. Not always. Not always. There's been things I've used that we haven't bought. All right, but, but you've this never is, used something. This no. is the Aperture 60X, and if you're not watching on YouTube or Instagram, I'm sorry. 
Um, you can mount yeah, a V-mount battery on the side. If you're just watching this, what was happening before is we had two tubular LEDs displaying different yes, colors. Yes, yes, yes. They look kind of like lightsabers, so you and, can imagine that. And this is a light that you can mount the <coughs> your V-mount battery on the side, so this V-mount battery will disconnect. There's just the light. And this V-mount battery locks on the side, and then you can turn it on. I know exactly and, uh, what happens. And Ryers. I know exactly what happens when you get a light in your hands to test. Ryer. It ends up right in my freaking eyes. And then every it time. will change colors for like different um, temperatures. You got to show that behind you. Oh. So that people can see. All right. So here's the different temperatures. There's the temperature. So that's all the way down to 2700K. And then I think it goes all the way up to 6500. Mm -hmm. There's 65. Normal daylight's like 55-ish. There's 55, and that's 63% intensity. So we can turn the intensity way down. Dial it There's 0%. There's 1%. Then obviously all the way up to 100. So, and then it's... It spots and floods. It, it spots and floods. And we've got super a little handheld. Box for it. So if you need somebody like moving the light or whatever, you can hold it. Obviously it mounts to a light stand. And but super mobile, which is what we need. And carrying an entire light kit into the woods or into the chute usually doesn't bode itself well. And also, it comes with a little thing to where you can attach the what are those little Sony the bats called? EP, yeah, BP sixties or whatever. LP, LP, yeah, they're LP. You can mount those, and then you can also put different hoods on the front of this. You can do any. I mean, it's a super nice light. Also very well built. Comes with its own little case that's this here in the floor. This podcast brought to you by Aperture Lighting Yeah, Solutions. I know. So, no, seriously. Well, our three-point lighting system is now all Aperture. Okay, it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we've got some cheaper lights if anybody wants them. Um, come to the office and we'll probably sell them to you. Um, you know what? We might. Oh, by the way, we I went down there these. to find our hood and they didn't have it. So, so I got to find knows it. knows where it is at. We might use those up here. Oh, yeah. Those GVMs. So, you don't like these? Those are very not bright. Not very bright. Okay. Well, we can do that. They take up a lot less footprint than those do, too. And those are some really cheap lights. Those are the first lights I ever bought, the ones that we usually light up here, and they are cheapos, big time. But they serve the purpose. It'd be I cool to maybe set those up in like a – we could get like a little light box to do product photography or something. We could use that. But, I think um, we need to – Sell them for 500 bucks a piece? <laughs> Yeah, the original Copeland Creative Redneck Tech lights. Those need to go in like the Copeland Creative Museum. <laughs> Do we have a make, Copeland Creative Museum? Are you museum? Make, you're making me feel old. You have to have a, you have to be old to have a museum. Um, so what Ryan and I talked about because Clay's not going to have a lot to contribute to this, even though we try. We just asked him what he's been watching lately, and he said golf. And so he contributes nothing to this conversation. But um, Ryan and I took a, a trip the other day. Um, before we got started on all these shoots, we invited Clay. He did not want to go, and I think he could have went. He could have went and watched that Batman. It would have st it stood by itself. He didn't really need a whole lot of background context, did he? Clay, I need you to be involved. Okay, <laughs> if you're sitting here not paying attention, what kind of example do you think that that sets for? Um, you know, <laughs> what kind of example do you think that does that set? For the pupils in the classroom. I'm just turning Wait. you down so you didn't peek. 
<laughs> don't do that to me. I'll come up there and yell in your freaking ear. So I won't be censored like that. Ryer and I went to watch the Batman, the new one, the Batman, the one with um, Robert Pattinson. And still not sure on that choice. Okay, I'm not sure on that choice. That's literally what I was about to say. But Ryer also then after we watched it, we kind of talked about like what we liked and what we didn't like. It's a very long movie, very long, longer than I thought. It plays more like a um, noir detective film. Than oh, it, I mean, a noir? Okay. It plays more like a detective film, like a classic well, d- kind of mystery film yeah. than it plays like a hero movie. Yeah. It's Which sh- I know that Batman's never been the stereotypical hero movie, but yeah. they usually play like kind of an action hero movie with some of the, you know, gritty Batman flair. But this one... The pacing, the editing, and the visual style felt more like it was a completely different than the Christopher Nolan Batman's. I mean, completely different. It was, and I don't know if it was our theaters really dark or junky that we went to, but I felt like I had to like really focus and like look hard to to see it because it's so shot so dark. It's very very dark. And then Ryer, when we got back to kind of fast forward, he sent me a link to. Kind of the way they the way they shot it in the in the director and the the DP that shot it, and um, it made me want to go watch it again because it made me notice some things that I didn't notice the first time that I think it was just either like more worried about watching the movie than seeing the cinematography of it. But um, I give it you know in terms of I, I'm a Christopher Nolan Batman fan, but if you shot if you shot Christopher Nolan's Batman the way that this one shot, it would be even better. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, this one this one was shot in such a way that you really feel like you are immersed in a dirty, gritty, dingy, hopeless, crime-ridden city, yeah. which is what Gotham City is supposed to be. Gotham City is supposed to be basically the, the, the scummiest, most corrupt criminal ridden city it's raining and dark earth. all the time mm-hmm. you know and you feel that like they even let the lens get dirty and and you know have specks of water and dust and dirt and mud and grime on it and they leave that they leave those imperfections there which the guy pointed out it's not a new thing they did that in the revenant they've done that in other films too but um he was mostly pointing out the difference between how most things are being shot right now and how uh, they shot this, yeah, and which is something that I've thought and have not been able to put into words. But like a lot of times when I watch even a Netflix film, they feel they look good, but they feel clean, mm-hmm. and they feel like too technically perfect. Yeah, um, and they dirty up the frame, which is a term a terminology that we use a lot. I mean. Um, you say it a ton, but everything looks very clinical, which for some things is great. Um, but other things, especially a lot of the stuff that I watch, which is usually darker and grittier, it doesn't quite fit. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's too clean. It's too smooth. The colors are too perfect. You don't, you feel like you're watching a movie set instead of watching a story. Um, and I don't know if that's just because um, 
technology is is so good now that what we're doing is chasing the best picture and chasing yeah. the best technical specs and the best most correct uh look and um that's kind of what everybody is going for or if it's because it's easier to get that than it is to spend the time or the risk of dirtying up your image intentionally yeah um or if it's just something that isn't really thought about i don't know or you know obviously when you look back at an old film they look dirtier and grittier and Mm -hmm. everything because of the nature of how they were shot and the technology they used at the time and so they don't feel smooth to me too either those those old movies don't have the the fluidity either that like new movies do um as far as pacing or as far as (coughs) just like picture picture I feel like they're just now, it's like everything's smoothed out. It does kind of feel that way. It yeah. looks very smooth and clean. Yeah. Like there's no hard edges. You know, I feel like everything old has got like hard edges. Like nothing's rounded off. Like, and everything new's rounded off, if that makes sense. But what stood out to me too, and the, the thing that you showed me was, you know, when we talk about pre production, you know, we harp on, you know, planning and, you know, shooting for a purpose. They went as far as to, get custom lenses made to shoot it a certain way to get a, to give it even more of a look. Well, they took RE lenses and had them detuned um, because they, they needed a lens that could cover the full sensor of an RE camera, which an old vintage lens can't do. And a lot of films do make use of old vintage lenses, um, but they wanted the full sensor picture, but they wanted a lens with the same kind of imperfect characteristics that an old lens might have Mm -hmm. an older lens with less perfect technology, less good technology. Um, so they, they had people detune the lenses. Isn't that so funny? Yeah. You think about it. Well, but think about (coughs) just, (coughs) just in some of our own work, the times where we have intentionally, um, I guess degraded an image. Yeah. A lot of times, yeah. Um, We did it on Blue Stem. We did it in the uh, artist profile for Clayton, which if you guys haven't seen it, it's probably more apparent in that one in in some shots. Mm -hmm. But you can see where there's been film grain added. Um, We kind of did it for the uh, baseball shoot a little bit. Yeah. Certainly didn't use a technically correct color grade on that. Um, Softball as well. mm -hmm. Dirtied it up some. Um, which they loved, by the way. And I think that I think that's one of those things where on those two, the video board is so crappy that we could have left it clean and it would have added it itself. It might have. <laughs> yeah, I still am interested to see what it looks like on that board. Well, I I'd would like say we could it. go Friday, but we yeah. won't be here. But yeah, I think um, I think there's a lot to be said in in a lot of situations where yeah. intent it were intentionally dirtying up the image for a particular look is um, important because, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you can chase all these technical specs and make the most correct image and the cleanest <laughs> image and the nicest looking image. But sometimes the technically correct image does not produce the feel or immerse well, what you in the he's, story you're trying to tell. What was it that he said? It was, it was boring and soulless, which yeah. I agree with. Um, and that's why I really want to go back and watch it again because a lot of those imperfections 
you know, in that theater I saw as making it harder to see. But when I watched his playback with some of the stuff on of the film on his YouTube, it was like, okay, I can. I would. I would like. I would rather watch that in a really with a nice TV with a surround sound room. Is how I'd rather watch that or go back and watch it in IMAX again. I'd like to do that. Um, and maybe we'd have time. We might have time in Arizona to do that. I'm down. Oh, darn. I will not be there again. So, I sw- well, good thing. I'm glad you brought your microphone down because you did go and watch 14 Peaks. Uh, I watched it and on the couch. Okay. Not my couch because I clearly don't have one, but on a couch. <laughs> Ryan and I also watched 14 Peaks. I want to get your take as the non-film. Wait, hold on. we got to wrap up the Batman. Okay, wrap up the Batman. I'm sorry. Overall, Batman storyline... I found it to be lacking. I didn't really like Robert Pattinson as the Batman. He only knew one. He only knew, like, he didn't have the versatility in acting like Christian Bale does. Yeah, I feel like there wasn't enough grit in this one. And I also feel like the climax was not as climactic as I feel like it should have been, especially after waiting for it for three hours. Um, So storyline, if you like Batman and you like movies, you will enjoy it. Yeah. But I, I'll give it I know a, a lot of people online said it blew him away. Yeah. It personally didn't blow me away. No. Uh, but I'm also not a Batman fanboy. Six, six out of ten. Six and a half out of ten. But the, I, the editing was very good. I think the storytelling was very good. Yeah. How they led you through the story. And obviously um, the cinematography and the picture was very good. So overall I would give it a seven. It's an enjoyable watch. If you like that kind of stuff, definitely go see it. Um, but I'm not going to put it up there. It's like you know, that's what we should do. Huh? Is we should we should do a movie review? Like go watch a movie and do our own movie review. We should. Or we yes, could just assign would, movies. Yes, I would partake if all three of us went. I would. We could just. We trying to get you to go to Batman. If you would have said, "Hey, we're doing a movie review," I would have gone and partake well, and said, I, movie I, review. "Obviously, we we're going to do something on the podcast about it." How would I know? Yeah, that wasn't obvious to me. Thank you. You didn't make that I'm clear. Sorry. Don't come at me like That's that. That's my shortcomings. I apologize. Don't come at me like All right, that. We could, you know what we could do? Once a month. If you assign and I'm not watching it, we got to go do it together. We can all sit on the same couch. We can all three of us sit on my couch sausage, together. Sausage fest. <laughs> Caleb's like, I don't want any part of that. The only thing we'd have to decide is which person sits in the middle and doesn't get the leg rest. Because my couch has two leg rests on either side, but the middle doesn't have one. So whoever sits in the middle gets screwed. They don't get a leg rest. They don't get the recliner. We're not sh- we're not watching in your house, <laughs> dude. Well, I, we can hey, watch once it. I, if we I ever, have two TVs in this office, we can watch it here. It doesn't have the right environment. We can put a TV over there with. We can put surround sound in this room if you wanted to. If I ever get my surround sound system hooked up, though, it'd be sweet. Okay. I'd anyway, have can we can do that before what we should after do. you start riding your bike? I've been. I do ride my bike. It's just not been consistent, Clay. Okay. Can we transition now? Here's what we should do, though. Once a month, maybe, we put out there. Hey, everybody, watch this movie so that they can watch it too. Oh. And then. Could you have an ideas today? Today. Today. You usually forget them. You said. I do, but then I remember them. Um. Usually, sometimes, we can put it out there. Say, hey, we're gonna watch this film, and. We each make a review for it, write up what we like, didn't like, takeaways, this, that, and the other. They can watch it, and then we do the live. We say, okay, it's going to be the this date. We're going to come do this. Do we have to watch it together? Because I'm like, no, we kind like of like a book club, guys. Yeah. I have thought about doing one of those with the Redneck Tech Podcast, but I don't feel like anybody would want to read books with me. 
Because there's some really there's some editing books that one I have read and I'd like to read again. I think it'd be cool to discuss them with people. And two, there's lots of books on filmmaking that would be cool to read and discuss with people. And that would give me I would that would force me to read it because I always feel like. I always like, yeah, I'm going to read this thing, and then I don't. Because I would read a book of filmmaking. I, I have three in my office I could lend to you. Um, All my spare time, I'll do that. Read it on the plane. What do you got? You say you got a four-hour But, yeah, if ride. that's something that y'all I'm watching would, movies on that plane ride. If that's something I that y'all I look forward to long want, plane rides just for, to watch movies. And they have the new ones. I watched Dune on the plane. Don't tell me. I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to hopefully There's watch nothing that. to tell. There's nothing to tell. It's not good? I Okay, just stop talking. Can we transition it to It looks Fort- nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so can we tell... Wait, but if that's something oh y'all would want to do, send yes. us a message. Let us know. Yes. Oh, my God. And send us movie uh, movie, movie suggestions. <laughs> well, I wanted him to talk about 14 Peaks. We're doing the next thing right now. <laughs> yeah. Y'all are children. Y'all are so bad. Okay, so Batman... Movie reviews, 14 Peaks, which is very, different than Twin Peaks. That was, vet, that was vetter, very um, abbreviated. Our movie review that we do for the podcast would be a lot longer. Yeah. So, Ryan and I both watched 14 Peaks. Clay, you actually did watch this one. So, yes. what was your thoughts? Well, th- so, this is how things go. <clears throat> All right, hold on. I w- before you give your answer, like, I want this to be a thought-through answer. No, like, it, it no. sucked. I don't want to like it. I got to like, lay, lay the ground uh, Okay, go for it. This is usually how things happen. Got to lay the groundwork. <laughs> Ryer comes in raving about something so much that Caleb watches it, and they rave, and then he raves about it so much after he watches it that I watch it, or other way around. Caleb comes in and raves about something so much that Ryer watches it, and then Ryer watches it and raves about it, and then I watch. Okay, it. Okay, stop right there. We've raved about many movies before, yeah. and this is the first thing you've watched. Well, I didn't go purposely go sit to watch it. Taylor and I were on Netflix. But you accidentally fall on the remote. You're like, oh, no. crap, it's playing 14 Peaks. No, Taylor and I crap. were sitting there watching stuff, and I was like, oh, there's 14 Peaks. I guess we could watch that. And she's like, okay, and we watched it. So I didn't, like, sit down and. Okay. But you did sit down to watch something. Continue. Yes. What I do did. you all usually watch? Uh, Station 19. What's Station 19? It's like, so the people that created Grey's Anatomy kind of created the same thing. Lost me. <laughs> But Sounds a, horrific. But a fire station. There's a lot of sex. I, I have a pet peeve. I don't like... I, I hate watching but, shows that have a lot of sex in them. Because it's just gratuitous and needless. It doesn't do anything. It's just like... But to make it a sex less scene. feminine as Grey's Anatomy, all the like tragic stuff or like supposed to be epic stuff that happens in an ER, in Station 19, it's like saving people from buildings that are burning and trapped... So it is more. So basically, it it's is a more giant man. Fan, it's a giant fantasy movie for women who like firefighters. It, well, I guess, yeah. But it is more man. You, you kind of look like a firefighter. That you per- well, he's got a firefighter slash cop vibe for sure. He does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he loves that. If your um, if your uh, if your mustache was a little bit bigger. Thank you, Keenan. So you do Keenan. like Keegan? You, you like Station Nineteen? I like it. Yeah. All right. Talk about it. No, I'll finish oh. 14 Peaks first. I liked 14 Peaks. Give it a grade out of 10. Silence. Six. A six? Yeah. Okay, please explain. I didn't think, I mean, 
I can say it wasn't shot. I don't think it was shot very well. Well. But you can only do so much, I guess, yeah. in that. But the storyline wasn't so much. And I don't even think they set out to really film it. No, I would have enjoyed more of the logistics of how they got from mountain to mountain versus, mm-hmm. oh, Driving. We, we just climbed this. Next, we got to the base of another one. We just climbed it next to get to the base of another one. The only time they really did any of that transitional stuff was when the government wasn't letting them in China because it was around the COVID yeah. time or whatever. Yeah. I would have liked to see more of, yes, we understand that you're doing so many peaks in a short amount of time, and but really logistically, climbing the peak is like the easiest part. Once you're there, you just got to climb it. I would have liked to have seen... Yeah, that's like... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about logistic logistics-wise. Like, once you're at the base of the mountain... And you've got all the stuff there, all the people there, the personnel yeah, there. then you're yeah. just climbing. I would just have climbing, it. dude. And, well, that's, well, and I w- I also saving people. I see what you're saying. I it's just not to, near as sexy yeah, as the climbing I would part. have liked to have seen how they saved time going from place. And, I mean, it's probably helicopter, fly, fly, private plane, yeah. whatever it is. But I would have that's liked... That's probably why they didn't show it. Right. It's because of that. Yeah. They weren't on the back of a yak. Walking right. from mountain to mountain. They were right. getting ushered around the 14 biggest peaks in the Himalayas. Right. Um, okay. And I didn't like the flashbacks with his mom. Why? I don't know. I They kind of, I don't know, it just took me out of it. See, I feel like a butthole every time I say this, but like, I don't even know if I should say it because it's going to make me sound like a butthole. <laughs> but I'm going to say it because I'm going to be honest with the listeners and the viewers of this podcast. I I love the fact that people take kids hunting. I plan on taking my son hunting. I do. I really want him to learn. But I hate watching kids on hunts. I just don't like it. I won't watch it. Um, I've filmed a couple of them, you know, and they're fine. But, like, the whole heartstrings aspect of that that people are going for – doesn't do it for me. Well, and half the problem, peaks, like with his mom thing, that's kind of the same thing with the mom. Yeah, like you're just like, just show me climbing the mountains, dude. Like right. I don't, I don't want the heartfelt piece. Like I, it's not the, even the heartfelt thing, and I and I understand it's important to take kids, and you know, and I I would rather take my son hunting than anything, but like I don't want to watch a kid go hunting. Just don't care. Well, I think that some <laughs> of it is, um, especially with the kids going hunting, is it has been. Overdone and beat to crap. Oh well, it's just like and, the and veterans. It's always, it's just like the veterans thing, and it's always the same thing. And it's like taking kids hunting is awesome. Yeah, everybody should take kids hunting, um, and we should show yeah. that. But there are different storylines yeah. than yes, the same old. Well, that's in that. Let me clarify what I mean about the veterans thing, yeah. so people aren't yelling at me. Yeah, um, the veterans thing, where essentially you go and hunt with a veteran just to feel sorry for them. And ideally, that is a, that ideally what, they're wounded. Yeah, and th- and that's not what they want. Um, and, you know, and you do it for the simple fact of using it as a marketing piece. I just don't like that. I mean, well, I'm, we're, we're not saying don't let veterans hunt or yeah, don't yeah, yeah, send yeah. veterans hunting. It's not what it's, we're saying. It's not the It just fact can be that done. The story's just, the, the one storyline is we have a wounded vet who's using hunting to get back into the world or, you know, you know, get over their, you know, their their injuries or whatever. It's like, okay, we've seen that 10 million times. Just like we have seen 
we're just like you. We're country boys. Good old boys. Good old boys. Like, nothing about that is original. We have seen that 10,000 times. And if Ryer hears it again, he's going to blow his brains out. Because we have heard and gotten messages and asked, been asked for help from every, well, how, what's the concept of the show, man? We're just some good old boys that do this thing. You know, it's our passion and our love. And it's like, okay, how are you different? Well, you know, we just hunt around home. You know, we do our thing with our our buddies at home. And, you know, we're just country boys. You know, we're blue collar. Okay, how are you different? That's every other show on television. And it's the same thing with the veterans. It's the same thing with the kids. You know what? You've got to figure out. Hold on. You've got to figure out a better way to tell that story. You've got to figure out a more creative way of doing that. Because if that's all you got, good luck continue sorry had to get that out there no i feel it um <coughs> yeah i'm i'm pretty tired of that for sure i think that there are other stories and other aspects and other things and uh <coughs> there there are there are the good old boy shows have already been done and they've already been done basically to the full success that they can be done to yeah oh, and yeah. you'll never be able to like top the like I don't know, like a, like a Michael Waddell sort of thing. Yeah. Like a real tree road trip sort of thing. Like that's your, that's your standard good old boys kind of show. A bunch of yeah. buddies going hunting, doing their thing. Um, you know, and it's been done and done and done and done and done and done and done. And the reality of it is that, um, you know, and obviously I, it, it we have hot takes. Uh, and sometimes I'm not good at saying things without sometimes sounding like a jerkwad. Um, cause I'm just not very subtle. You can ask these guys. I'm just not, I'm, I'm not good at saying things nicely. Um, so don't take it the wrong way. You and your buddies think that you and your hunting stories are very cool. The problem is in the context of the entire hunting world, they're not that cool. And you have to have something other than me and my buddies going hunting in order to attract an audience. Um, like if you're just doing it for fun, right? If you're just, Hey, this is just us. We're doing it for fun. Just want to put our hunts out there, have a good time. We enjoy filming each other, that sort of thing. Love it. Dig it, do it, get after it. You know what I mean? What we're talking about is guys who do this and they're trying to make a name for themselves in the industry. And this is the Avenue they're trying to take to do that. And the reality of it is it's been done so many times and you can't do it any better than has already been done, more than likely, unless you have a Chuck Belmore. Yeah. Speaking of which, he just hopped on oh just for me to Lord, name drop just, him. Just in time. <sighs> of course, I shouldn't have done that. I'll regret it. <laughs> but if you're, you're not going to attract viewership that way because you don't have something unique because you and your buddies are like everybody else and their buddies. And the animals you're killing probably aren't bigger than any of the animals that are already being killed by bigger shows. And you just simply don't have the, the viewer. I'm not even going to read it yet. The viewership <laughs> poll factor. So if this is what you're trying to do to break into the industry and get known and get your name out there, you've got to have a unique concept that hasn't been done before that people want to watch. And I think people just aren't going to want to watch yeah. that. It's been done too many times. So, what? Read his comment, and then I want to get back to what I the the idea that I just had. 
<laughs> what did he say? Right now. <laughs> Jackie Bushmaster has done a good old boy show for 39 years. Y'all take it back right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Dude's been doing it for 39 years. Yeah. It's yeah. been, that's one person been doing it for 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. There are an unnameable <coughs> amount of people who have been doing it for a new one every day. But, you know, so... I, I have somewhere else to go with this, too. I got lost a little bit down there. Okay, well, I, I was trying try to provide, bring it back to our movies and stories and TV shows, but go ahead. So, now my gripe with the veteran taking veterans hunting. Yeah. Taking veterans hunting is great. Yeah. Veterans hunting does a lot for those veterans. The problem is... That I feel like most of the time, taking the veteran hunting is not for the veteran. Yeah. And it's not for the care of the veteran community. It's for they know that the hunting industry is full of red-blooded patriotic Americans who uh, support the military, support the police, support the U.S., and support the boys and, and girls that go and fight for our freedoms over overseas, which is great. Yeah, which we, we all do, which we all do too. And we're all super grateful for them. But because of that, there is a, a certain knowledge that you have as a content creator that if you put a veteran, especially a wounded veteran, on a hunt and, and call it a veteran's hunt, immediate views. Yeah. And so no longer are are people doing this for the good of those individuals or that community. They're doing it. They're basically commoditizing it yeah. for views and money. And, and that's what I don't like. And it's been templatized. It's been done well, so many times. Me, and that's what me, I don't I'm like. Correct, I'm going to correct you. As a content creator, if we hear we're filming a veteran from the content creator side, we are usually like... Not yeah. because he's a veteran, but he's more than likely, with all due respect, going to suck on camera. Yeah. From a marketing standpoint, when you see veteran, you think views. Yeah. Yeah. And it shouldn't be like that. No. Like, if if that is, there are, there are awesome programs, and they definitely need to be um, represented. Yeah. But it's just using that community basically for viewership yeah is is cheap well i want to i want to clarify what clay said too is most people suck on camera not just veterans yeah most people suck on camera um i would say 99% of people suck on camera uh it is a definitely a skill um and an ability that some people have very few that we've come across you know some people are okay there's very few stand out really good ones most people suck um, it's just the way it is. It's really hard for people to be themselves on camera and to their entire personality to come through. But getting back to movies and TV shows and series, you so know, anywhere, you know, those you know, are our hot takes for the day. Yeah. So, but <laughs> I, I mean, kind of going along the same vein. That and Keegan, <clears throat> by the way, agrees with Clay on the Fourteen Peaks. Yeah. He said he would have enjoyed seeing how they got all the gear, supplies, and camp I'm sure set up, some people would have. And all of the people that were part of it and a bit more of the locals that were in parts of making the climb. Oh, habit. it was all about the Nimsy dude. The yeah. whole thing was a it was an ego trip for that guy. But uh, I do agree with that. But anyway, um, there was – I was sitting there in church on Sunday. you know, And you guys know that we've had – we have aspirations to do um, – a lot of stuff that's not necessarily in the hunting industry. Um, 
but it's story driven. Everything we want to do is story driven. And I just, I don't know if they come to me, if this is an ability that I have, but I just have these things come to me about stories or, or series or things that I would love to do. Are they challenging? Do I have them all figured out? Absolutely. I don't have them all, I don't have them all figured out. They are challenging. But like I was literally sitting there in church and you know, sometimes you hear, all right, well, every story's been told. And every time I used to think that, yeah, you know, it's all been done. You know, I'm just trying to reinvent and trying to reinvent the wheel again. But the more I think about things critically, the more stories and the more different ways of telling them that come to me. I was literally sitting in church listening to our pastor, which if any of you don't know, um, I go to a very small country church. We don't have a program. You don't know when you're going to get done with church. You don't know what's going to happen next. It's very organic what happens in our church. And and I, I don't think I could go to what we call Six Flags Over Jesus, which is those huge mega churches where they just talk to you. Just I couldn't do it. Um, but uh, I was sitting there thinking because our pastor has a nine-to-five job. The, the church isn't his job. Um, and a lot of the churches in our community are that way. Um, and there are mega churches. There are churches that have, you know, um, pastors that are on salary and to each their own. But um, I think it would be, uh, you know, it was just literally sitting there and I'm like, our church, our, our pastor is very charismatic. He's very good. I don't know how he'd be on camera, but I thought it would be a really cool way to do a series of just like Southern Baptist preachers that, you know, they have a nine to five job and a, and a church that they take care of too. You know, and to, to tell that story, what's that look like? You know, a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't understand what that looks like. Um, but, you know, if you're if you're one of those guys that's sitting there thinking that every story has already been told, you know, and we're just going to do the good old boy thing because that's all we know, you need to think a little harder. You need to try a little harder because not every story has been told. Like, I've got a list on my phone of film ideas and sh- series ideas and show ideas that we want to do. We're just waiting on the right opportunity or the right funding or the right budget to be able to do those things. And uh, it can be done. Don't think it can't. Um, but going down the line of things or, we just finished. Or you got to find your spin. Or find your spin. Find yeah. the spin. <clears throat> like <clears throat> find something that makes your show unique. Find something that makes your brand unique. Yeah, you don't have the whole thing doesn't have to be unique. But find, there's got to be something that's unique. Yeah, no, I agree. Um so another thing that I just finished watching was 1883. I've not and seen that yet. It's really good. Um I was very disheartened to hear that it's only going to be a one seasoner. Um it does not have a doesn't have a happy ending, which I'm finding I like more and more. Not because, the happy endings? Yeah, because almost everything you ever watch is a happy ending. You I know? never watch anything with a happy ending. Well, you know what I mean. Like there's it's like a everything comes to a culmination, it's like wrapped up in a nice oh. bow. Um You like those little loose stringies. Yeah, to where you kind of it always leaves the door open for more. Yeah. Um and it's also not a happy ending. But um cinematography incredible stories incredible acting incredible the set where it was shot you know and the way that they move through the landscape 
incredible. The way the use of light, incredible. Like everything about it was just so freaking good. And I I envy the talent that those people have to to create something like that. And the, and then the writing ability from Taylor Sheridan and then Yellowstone, obviously, if you haven't watched Yellowstone, you're really missing out. It is incredible as well as a modern Western. Some of the best character development, some of the best cinematography, some of the best storytelling, some of the best script writing that there has ever been. Um, but that's what I've been watching lately and just blown away by. And SEAL Team. Watch SEAL Team. Really, really like SEAL Team. Um, it was very templatized towards the end because – you know, you kind of knew the flow of the show and how it was going to work and who was going to have the downfalls. And, you know, it's about time for so-and-so to fall off the wagon, that kind of thing. But um, I don't know. Those have been my my go-tos here lately. What have you been your go-tos lately, Ryer? You said something about Hannibal. Yeah, I've got a few that I've watched that I'd like to talk about. Um, I've been <clears> – <throat> honestly, the I've been watching the third the – third season of Hannibal for like a year now. Yeah. And the reason is that Hannibal is a show that requires a lot of you have to pay attention and it takes a lot of brain power. Yeah. Um to watch. And so I uh like I'll watch an episode or two and then go on to something a little bit lighter. Um I'm looking at my Netflix right now actually to remember to things remember that I've been watching. So okay, so one thing that I watched because I downloaded this for a plane ride, not knowing what it was, just having seen the uh, the trailer, basically, uh, was Cowboy Bebop, which is a, it, it's a live action remake of, a, of an anime called Cowboy Bebop. Um, and I watched the trailer and it was just really fun and stylized it's kind of a mixture of a sci-fi a western and um like a old i'm going to use it again like a noir mystery film detective film doesn't sound like something i would like i <clears throat> the first few episodes were really good um visually stylistically it it's just a really fun interesting watch and they do things differently than you've ever seen really done in a live action and i like i'm not an anime guy so i don't watch anime i i i even tried to go watch this anime after having watched the live action uh cuz i was like okay i'd like to see what they base it off of just to see where it kind of came from um and i have a hard time with the anime style i don't hate animation it's just that the anime style is hard for me to watch. Um, and oftentimes when you watch anime, you have to read the subtitles or listen to the English. And I can't listen to the English and have it mismatched yeah. with characters' mouths. Also, usually the actors that do the English version are not as good. And yeah. so I'm like, this is bad. And then if you try to read it, there's so much visual information in an animated piece Trying to watch it and read it at the same time overwhelms me. So I, yeah. that's, and I'm just not a big anime guy. But, anyways, I started watching this not knowing that it was based on anime and uh, just immediately felt different. And you can see they're using a lot of the techniques 
and styles that an anime would have and trying to convert them into live action. And it makes for some really cool, uh, interesting uh, shots, lighting, uh, really cool use of colors and very, um, I want to say, out-of-the-box editing techniques, <laughs> which really makes it... Somebody make fun of me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Keegan did. <laughs> I, you would think that I would, the way that my eyes are. You'd think that I could just put one on the subtitles, but it goes in and not down, and that's the problem. Oh, God, that's good. Um, but it's just a really fun, stylistic watch. I like the music that they choo- chose. I enjoyed just the editing style, and it was just fun. Um, and so I would recommend it to people just as like something different. Yeah. Just watching something different. Um, the first few episodes I really liked because the first few episodes were about what Cowboy Bebop is, which is a, a, a crew, like a two man crew plus a girl that they find basically in the first episode who go around the universe collecting bounties, but they are really broke and so their ship is like in disrepair and they're always trying to make ends meet and stuff like that so the first few episodes are about that but then there's a underlying storyline that starts to come to fruition in the last few episodes and i didn't i would have liked to have seen more of the bounty hunting and less of the dramatic stuff in this little underlying storyline still good there's only one season apparently (coughs) Apparently, the people who really liked the anime version of Cowboy Bebop hated this. <laughs> That's so funny. And, and it got so, it got so trashed by people that they're like, "Yeah, we're not making another one." Wow. Um, so that was, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. So if you guys like watching fun things. Um, there's that. If you guys want to watch something that's mentally disturbing, watch Hannibal. <laughs> Hannibal is basically the prequel to Silence of the Lambs. Oh. Mm-hmm. So what you are watching, and Silence of the Lambs is out there. So if you guys haven't seen it, it's about a guy who eats people. Yeah. And he's probably... Played by Anthony Hopkins. And he's who's probably... incredible. That movie is fantastic. You should watch it. And... There are scenes in the movie that make you feel more uncomfortable than you've probably ever felt in your whole life. Yeah. That's the puts its lotion, puts the lotion on its skin. Yeah. That you've quoted and 100% have not seen the movie. Yeah. Um, you should watch it. It's actually very good. So anyways, this takes place before that. And, and I don't know the entire mythology, let's say, of this entire thing. I guess there's books. Is it like, is it scary? It's not scary, but it's psychologically disturbing because i don't do scary like you know how silence of the lambs <laughs> is not either. silence of the lambs is not scary it's psychologically disturbing like, because kind of like seven is a little bit yes a lot like seven okay. a lot like seven um and so what you're doing at the beginning seven. at the beginning of the, the show what's in the box what's in the box <laughs> i've i've always re- wanted to know what that was from and finally i watched the movie what is in the box is not good no I always thought that that was a, for some reason, I always connect, who is that actor? Brad Pitt? I always connect Brad Pitt with, like, casino movies because of his... Because Brad of, Pitt is a very versatile I actor. I know he is, but just, like, you always stereotype an actor in your head. Yeah, And some. I always connect him with, like, 
It's like if I ever see delicious casino yeah, movies. If I ever see like Timothy Oliphant and anything other than like a justified like modern western, I'm gonna like. Well, like eh. think of think of Robin Williams, right? You would typecast him as a Good goofy, morning, yeah, Vietnam. a goofy comedian. Yeah. But then some of his absolute best films are 180 degrees yep. different than that. Fine. Um, uh, um, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Amazing. Or, Forrester, but or um, uh, Dead Poet Society. Dead Poet Society, yeah. Also fantastic. Anyways, Hannibal. So what you're doing is at the beginning of Hannibal, there's um, a he's an instructor at the FBI Academy on Behavioral Sciences, essentially doing the same thing Mindhunter does. Yep. Um, but after Mindhunter. So, like, if you put these all in a timeline, Mindhunter Have comes first. Have you watched first. Mindhunter, by the way? Yes. Okay. We talked about that last time. Oh, okay. Sorry. So, you put Mindhunter first, right, where they develop the entire behavioral uh, analysis of killers. Will Graham is the later version of that expert who is teaching yeah. students. But he's got what they call um, extreme empathy. Whether or not that's a thing, I don't know. But it's a fi- it's a fictional show. So he's got extreme I empathy. I think I've heard that before. Which gives him the ability to literally put himself inside of a... He can go to a crime scene, immerse himself fully in the murderer's mind, and recreate exactly what happened and why the killer did those things. And so the FBI starts getting these serial killings. And they're like, we can't catch this guy. We need Will Graham, who is mentally unstable. Dude's this far from a breakdown. And this is still Hannibal. We're still talking about yes. Okay. I'm just laying the groundwork gotcha. so you can understand. So this um, guy is... Sounds like I'd like it so far. He's mentally unstable, as anybody who has extreme empathy would be, and the FBI comes in and is like, hey, we need you to go basically do this for the worst killer around. And uh, in some of the most gruesome, psychologically disturbing crime scenes that I've ever seen on TV. It, like, I've, I've watched episodes on the plane... And I was like, I should not be watching this on the plane because wow. I'm afraid that people will see this and think that I am insane. <laughs> <laughs> and like, could call the stewardess and be like, "Um, you see what this is? Yeah. This guy's 15A. Um, so basically, might have he waiting on him off the plane. He starts uh, basically profiling all these killers, doing his thing. The editing is absolutely incredible. The way they're able to transition from the real world to inside of his head and inside of these crime scenes is astounding. It's really, really cool. It's a master class in... It's really a master class in visually representing somebody's <coughs> psyche. Yeah. Um, and so the first part of it is he's just doing this. Well, he starts to be, go insane because he's in the head of this killer. Oh. And so he starts to see Dr. Hannibal Lecter. And I don't know if this is a spoiler, so if you're wanting to watch this... Yeah, don't spoil it. But it, it's not really a spoiler because you 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 know what happens. Dr. Hannibal Lecter, if you know Hannibal, yeah. he's, he's the killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also Will Graham's psychologist. And they develop a relationship of some kind. Not like a, not like a relationship. Yeah. But... Was that quotations or grabby, grabby? Well, it wouldn't. Two men wouldn't be this. <laughs> it would be quotations. But basically, they Sorry. will. Will Graham, yeah, is hunting Hannibal Lecter without knowing he's hunting that Hannibal he's Lecter. hunting Hannibal Lecter, yeah. and Hannibal Lecter is his psychologist to a man who's hunting him who is mentally unstable. Yeah, 
And so for three seasons, you're seeing this cat and mouse game yeah. as well as a whole bunch of just mind Fs going on yeah. the whole time. Yeah. While you're – and the reason I like this show, one, is because it's – the story is awesome. Yeah. Um, and two, just how how effectively they were able to show – it's such a mental show, yeah. such a psychological show, and they don't see. That's they what don't I want. Try, they I want don't, Clay to experience that. He's yeah, never he experienced like it, that. You, how do, why do you not think he would like it? Because he doesn't like things. This is true. Um, I think they go to a golf course one time. <laughs> but it's it's amazing to me how, like, in a lot of shows that are psychological, they rely on the outer expression of the character. To kind of display their psychological state. Yeah. This show, they literally put you inside of his head. And as he goes insane, the less um, differentiation there is between reality and headspace in the show. And so at times, you don't know if what you're watching is what happened or what is being perceived to happen or if he's asleep or if he's awake or if this is a crime scene or if he's the killer or if you're seeing what Hannibal's, you don't know. Yeah. And it's amazing. Yeah. But it's a show that <coughs> requires you to sit and watch and pay attention and absorb. And oh. because it is so heavy psychologically, like it's, I've had to literally be like, okay, I got to go watch Seinfeld <laughs> for a little bit. Like, especially after I come back, like if I edit all day and I, my head is like burnt out. It's not a relaxing show. Yeah, like I don't go home and like okay, kick it's off. Not my like shoes, have a beer and wa- and like watch have Parks a and Rec. Yeah, it's not a comfort show. Yeah. It's a show that challenges you as a viewer, which yeah. I enjoy. Yeah, there was another movie I watched recently, um, and it was called uh, Beware of the Dog. Yeah, I want to watch that. And that's, Maybe that's the one that we should all watch because I haven't watched it yet. You've already seen it. Beware of the dog would be honest. Hold on, let's do this. Let me open up my Netflix and see what's on my list that I haven't watched. And maybe that's going to determine the next one that we watch. Beware of the dog would be a hard one to talk about on here because of the subject matter. Okay. So, so oh, so The Adam Project. What about that? Have you seen that yet? What's that? It's the n- brand new one from Netflix that's got uh, Ryan Reynolds um, and his younger self. Witty, uh, feel good, exciting. Maybe that's not a good one. Hold on. I have... Um, well, why don't we look at... Oh, Shawshank Redemption. So instead of... Shawshank Redemption is incredible. No, we're not doing a comedy. If we do a comedy, it's going to have to be like a... Uh, uh, it's not going to be the... Com- it's not going to be Happy Gilmore, okay? No. Because you can't analyze Happy Gilmore. Because Happy Gilmore is funny because Adam Sandler is funny. I want to watch The Power of the Dog. It's I good. say we review documentaries versus movies. We could also do that. We can do Let's that too. Go. I would much rather watch a documentary than a movie. Let's look at um, critically acclaimed auteur cinema, Django Unchained. Oh, it's a great one. Have you not seen it? I have. Yeah. We can't talk about that one. We can't. No, we can't. <laughs> um. If y'all haven't watched Django and let Clay pick it. Well, I'm we have go, to approve it, of course. But I want to go find like we should look up. Um, 
movies everyone should watch. Well. Because Clay will not have seen any The of Last them. Samurai, have you seen it? Ooh, Apocalypse Now. That's a good one. Apocalypse Now is fantastic. The Patriot. Bohemian Rhapsody, Apocalypse Now. I hate it, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> you know what I should do? Just, just to make everybody hate me. 2001, A Space Odyssey. <sighs> we could watch Spaceballs. Do you know what 2000, have you seen it? Uh, I don't know if I have 2001, A Space Odyssey is basically <laughs> Stanley Kubrick just experimenting with a camera for three hours. We could watch Spaceballs. No. Have you seen Spaceballs? Yeah, it's a uh, comedy. It's stupid. It's a ripoff of Austin Powers. It's stupid. Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption. Redemption. I've seen that. The Breakfast Club. You've seen Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. Have you seen The Breakfast Club? What happens at the end of Shawshank Redemption? That's when they're up on the roof and they're tarring the roof. And No, that's not the end. The end? That's the end? That's about like a you third watched, of the way You watched no. an hour. You oh, watched yeah, literally yeah, where is. nothing yeah, begins. No, I don't remember the end. How do you not remember the end of Shawshank Redemption? I've seen it once. I've seen it once. Good for you. <laughs> oh, my God. Clay. The Shawshank Redemption? That's a man movie. There are movies and there are man movies. That is a man movie. Golly. How do you not remember the end? That tells me you didn't watch the end. Yes, I did. I've seen the entire movie. I watched it. Then what happens? What happens? If I remembered, I would have told you the first then time. Then what happens? If How I do you forget what happens at the end of Shawshank Because I've seen Redemption. it once. Why do you think I know Caddyshack and Austin Powers so well? I've seen them like 20 times. I've seen Shawshank Redemption one time. And you're clearly superior than I am. <sighs> I can literally tell you almost shot for shot what happens at the end. That's how intense the end is. Good Lord. Well, we need to make a decision so people know at the end of the podcast which one we're going to do. Titanic. I just put in like, no. Like, I'm looking at familiar oh, movies. Oh, I guess we have to go to Netflix, Look, right? look at familiar movies on Netflix. Like, I'm going through them right here. Movies. Here. Where's that? I'm uh, here. I'm, I've just got them open right here. So, let's look. Look right here. Familiar movies. Obviously, not Shrek. Coach Carter, <laughs> no. Can, no, not Shrek. These are going to no. be all. So why is this not? Hold on. It's being stupid. All right. Familiar movies. Shooter. Top Gun. We're not doing Top Gun. Marginal Call. I've never seen. Replacements, no. Coach Carter, no. Uh, Shrek Warrior, the other guys. The Last Samurai. The Patriot. Moneyball, excellent. Braveheart, excellent. The Green Mile, excellent. Longest Yard, no. Blood Diamond, eh. Wasn't that good. Troy, excellent. I don't think I've ever seen Stand By Me. That's an old movie, though. <coughs> True Grit, I've seen the new one. Um, Zoolander, Born Ultimatum, no, Unknown, no, The Net, Cat, Caddyshack, V for, have you seen V for Vendetta? Me? Yeah. Clay. I love those. Okay. Um, you think Clay would like V for Vendetta? Should that be the one that we watch? It's a really, 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 really good movie. <laughs> who, who does V for Vendetta? Who directs that? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, director Bueller's James McTeague. 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 Yeah. Ferris Bueller's I think, Day Off. I think. No. Apoco- I think Apocalypse Now. I don't think it's on. I don't think it's on Netflix. Oh, I, I know what happens at the end of Shawshank Redemption. What? 
that's where he escapes and he gets in that car or whatever it is and goes and runs away. Yeah. All right. Well, you got you kind of got it, but yeah, kind of. He escapes, but there's more yeah, that happens. There's a lot more that happens, but that's okay. It's interesting because the apocalypse now has a redux, which is three hours and sixteen minutes long. Apparently, it's basically the director's cut. Of so apocalypse this is now. so. Okay, this, that's not the original apocalypse now. It's a new one. It's like a. Hold on. Because, I don't know if I've seen the whole thing of apocalypse now. How could you not have seen the entire thing? I think apocalypse I've seen pieces now? of it. So the redux is the extended version. Oh, it's how long? Three hours and 15 minutes. Wow. Let's pick a shorter one for the first one. Um, movies. Why don't we do V for Vendetta? Caddyshack was on that list. Caddy, What are you going to analyze about Caddyshack? Shot sequencing. <laughs> All right. Tell us about it. Bad acting. You know what, Clay? <laughs> Clay hasn't got to speak in depth about a movie. Char- speak, character development. Speak in depth educationally about a movie that you have watched and enjoy. I mean, I've seen so many. Pick one. Do it now. You can't get out of this. I think we should do V for Vendetta. Let's pull the Instagram. V for Vendetta. Between Instagram and YouTube. What do you all think? Full Metal Jacker is what? Jacket. Oh, wow. (laughs) Full Metal Jacket, the first half of the movie is good. The second half of the movie is terrible. (laughs) Big Daddy Hauser says, Apocalypse Now is like doing shrooms. The Shawshank Redemption is much more structured. (laughs) Well, and it is for good reason. Apocalypse Now is about the breakdown of a man's mental state. (laughs) Clay is all proud of the shots he's firing. (laughs) Talk about... Platoon is a... Good movie. Oh, uh, Lure Loser. Oh, is that your name on social? He said, Good day from Australia. Found you guys randomly a few weeks ago and slowly working through all your podcasts. So much great info. Australia. That nobody else talks about. Have learned to sh- load. Keep it up. Hell Heck yeah, yeah dude. That's did you awesome. Just, did you just self bleep yourself? I did. <laughs> I did. Platoon's a good movie, like Belmore said. Platoon? Platoon is a great movie. I like movie. Stripes as well. We can't do no. one he's seen. This is stupid. Yeah, we're we not doing one you've seen. We're not doing one <laughs> y'all seen, then. Okay, Apocalypse Now. He's seen it, but I have not. No. If I'm not allowed to see it, none of y'all are allowed to see so it. So it has to be a movie none of us yes. have seen? If you're going to if you're okay. gonna spite me okay. and not let me All right. watch one right. Fine. Fair. Fair. Fair yeah. enough. If Fair I'm going to partake. What if we watch one of the original movies of no. all time? Orson Welles. No. No? No. <clears throat> we need, Bad like... Bad Madagascar. No. Three. No. <laughs> Honestly, we should do a Pixar movie at some point, though, if we do this long Dude, enough. I'm telling because you, I'll Pixar do Pixar movies are incredible. Oh, my gosh. You're so good. I call Cars. I love Cars. <laughs> I love Cars. I love that movie. I will always watch Cars. More than you like bikes? Action adventure. <laughs> oh, have you all seen The Book of Eli? I have not. Have you? I have. All right. Oh, I haven't <laughs> seen It's so good. <laughs> That's the Gosh. problem. Hold on. We have to I've look seen, up the list. If it's a, a, a decent movie, I've watched it. The 50 best movies on Netflix right now, according to ta- the New York Times. Shawshank Redemption, V for Vendetta, Get, uh, Gattaca. Gattaca? What the heck is Gattaca? Oh. Galactica? Uh, this is 2001 A Space Odyssey and THX 1138. I've seen both of those. Y'all would hate it. <laughs> 
Gattaca. What is Gattaca? Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Dystopian cyberpunk. Yeah, no. I love, see, to me, dystopian cyberpunk sounds <laughs> sick. No, that sounds terrible. Um, The remake of True Grit. No. Heist. Heist. It's a Pulitzer Prize, a Pulitzer Prize winner. Heist. The Social Network. I've seen it, and it is incredible. It is? Yes. Here's the problem. We're not going to find one that we both haven't seen. We will. Mm, darn. Have you seen There Will Be Blood? <laughs> yes, I've seen There Will Be Blood. Gremlins. Gremlins. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I've seen all the original. That. I've seen it, yeah. God, one of Gene Wilder's finest works. That Gene and Blazing Wilder. Saddles. Dude, Blazing Saddles. Good Lord. I wish I hadn't watched Power of the Dog. Then we could have watched that. Ally. Ali. 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 I was, I had to, I'm just reading oh, man. things. We're sorry, guys. This podcast is really Will Smith it. nabbed his first Academy Award nomination it was for his really, Master really, really oh, good. Seen it. Damn yes, it. I've seen it. Nightingale? Nightingale, what is that? Rigorous, relentless riff on revenge narratives and Hollywood westerns. Retracting through the prism of white supremacy and violent patriarchy. No. Eileen Francisco stars as an Irish woman in the 19th century Tasmania who embarks on an ill-advised crusade for justice after a brutal assault by a powerful commander. It sounds like the subject matter is something we will not be able to discuss. Have you all seen the show The Handmaid's Tale? Yes. I like that, too. Apocalypse So now. you like that? I mean, it was okay. Bright star. Mudbound. I haven't seen that. In this powerful adaptation by the director D. Rees of the novel by Hilary Jordan, two families, one white and one black, are connected by a plot of land in the Jim Crow South. Rees gracefully tells both stories and a larger tale of post-war America without veering into didacticism and her ensemble cast... Didacticism? It's the first time I've ever heard that word in my life. And her ensemble cast brings every moment of text and subtext into sharp focus. Mm. Our critic called it a work of disquieting, illuminating force. <laughs> first of all, first of all, <laughs> what did he say? Disquieting. What did, he say? Il- <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Killing them softly. I have not seen Killing Them Softly. Brad Pitt teamed up with Andrew Dominic, the writer and director of The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, for this, quote, grisly little crime movie, adapted from a novel, quote, Kogan's Trade. Let's watch Pitt it. And James Gandolfini, in, the one, in one of his final roles, stars two contract killers sent by their mob bosses to take out a group of small timers who robbed the wrong poker game. All right, so Killing Them Softly is on the top of the list right now. Is neither a traditional gangster movie nor a Tarantino-style hitman flick. Dominic sets the film during the 2008 financial crisis and presidential election. Interesting. Okay, so that's the top of the list. Yeah, we got that one. Silver Linings Playbook. I've Excellent. seen it. Seen it. I've seen it. Excellent. As, uh, My Fair Lady. That's old, 1964, which no. we should do old movies. No. Middle of Nowhere. <laughs> Ma Rainey Black Bottom. What? No. His House. Dick Johnson is Dead. What? It's a no. documentary. The Old Guard. No. I've seen that. The Five Bloods. I've actually heard this is pretty good. I've heard it's really good, but I haven't Spike watched it. Spike Lee's latest is a genre-hopping combination of war movie, protest film, political thriller, character drama, and graduate-level history course in which four African-American Vietnam vets go back to the jungle to dig up the remains of a fallen compatriot. And, while they're at it, a forgotten cache of stolen war gold. In other hands, it could have been a conventional back-to-nom picture or Rambo-style action adventure, and those elements, to be clear, are thrilling, 
But Lee goes deeper, packing the film with historical references and subtext, explicitly drawing lines from the civil rights struggle of the period to the protests of our movement. A.O. Scott called it a, quote, long, anguishing, funny, violent excursion into a hidden chamber of the nation's heart of darkness. For more genre-infused drama, check out Slate. Wow. No. I mean, uh, I want to watch it, but no, it's not at the top of my list. 13th, I've seen that. I'm thinking of ending things. Mm. <clears throat> I think we do Killing Them Softly. Lady Bird's very good. I haven't seen Lady Bird. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. <sighs> I was so mad. So <laughs> mad at the end it, of that it one. It could have been much better. Crip Camp. I watched that movie. This, if you guys want a master class on how to tell an engaging documentary. Crip Camp. Without being... I haven't seen that. So... Earlier, when we were talking about how taking veterans hunting is often commoditized, commoditized, yeah, used for views and money, um, and it r- rarely tells an authentic story, and certainly does not tell a story that I feel like veterans connect with. You're not telling veterans stories. What oftentimes happens is you're telling the story that you want viewers to see, right? Um. And that's true of a lot of documentaries that handle or things that handle, um, let's say, marginalized groups. Okay. Um, Crip Camp is a documentary about a cripple camp back in the 1970s where um, basically kids with disabilities, whether they be physical or mental, were sent off to this camp um, for the summer to have like a camp experience and they get the people who went to that camp to talk about what it was like at that camp and then how a lot of people from this camp were spurred into living lives of um, basically uh, uh, what's the word activism for uh, people with disabilities, whether that um, was for like, representation in the government or um like the amenities to help amenities to help them get places and that that sort of thing but what's amazing about it is how real and raw this is and how they allow the campers and the people who oversaw the camp to tell basically an uncensored account of this like and i've never seen something uh about a group of people that is so authentic. Yeah. Um, and I think if you want to watch how to make a documentary, That's and how to tell an authentic story that is authentic to the group of people whose, whose story that you're trying to tell, this is a wonderful, wonderful movie. I posted about it on my Instagram after I watched huh. it because I watched it and was so taken aback by how incredibly well done it was and how authentic and real and raw they kept that story to the people who were involved in it, yeah. which you don't see. Usually you see something like that and it's biased or smoothed out so that it is um, palatable for the mass audience. Uh, and this didn't do that. Mm. Like they talk, they talk about things that like questions that you've probably always had. Yeah. And they just like talk about them. Huh? That's cool. I want to watch really it. Cool. It's a very, it's a very well done documentary. All right, so here's what we're gonna do: and make an executive decision. We're gonna do "Killing Them Softly" together. Figure out what to do that. Then each of us will pick the next movie. So Clay will get to pick a movie. 
You'll get to pick a movie? Can we? And then we'll get to pick a movie. It's got to be, it can't be like a freaking. Oh, I'm not. Can't be like I a won't. stupid comedy. Is it, but do, every time we pick a movie, does it have to be one that none of us have seen? No, I don't think so. Well, because that kind of screws me because no matter what, I have to go watch a movie. If I pick a movie that you guys have seen 1136 times, you don't have to go watch it. Yeah, we do. I'm going to watch it. We'll all watch it together. Every time we'll watch it together. Oh, we will? Yeah, every time. Okay. <laughs> I'll watch him again. Clay hates being social. He's the least social guy I've ever. <laughs> I've been not looking at the Instagram comments, and this is wonderful. Have you been keeping up on it? Not really. It's been. Uh, I've been looking at. We've the got a whole side conversation going. Oh, really? Who's who's the conversation between? Let's see. We've got Big Daddy oh, wow. Hauser. Wow. Yeah. No, I have not been keeping up with it. Tom Beringer is automatically pump, pump good. Fiction. Apocalypse Now. Full Metal Jacket. Metal Jacker. The book I, uh, the like book of Eli shrooms. has the best ending. Shot Collar is a phenomenal prison. The movie. book of Eli's ending is incredible. Mudbound looks good. I thought the same thing. Swamp Thing, Belmore Check says. Swamp Thing, that. yeah, right. Wild, <laughs> Wild Game Photog Media says Zombievers. <laughs> Hobo What's your with favorite westerns? Hobo with a shotgun. Anything with um. It, uh, I like all westerns, but Tombstone's my favorite. Um, I think you should let Belmore Chuck pick. No, no, can't can't watch the movies he picks. Big Daddy Hauser says, "Sorry for for spamming." Now you're good. That's what the point. That's the Shot point of the collar whole thing is, is a phenomenal prison movie. Shot collar. Oh, I've seen. I've 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 never seen that though. Is it on Netflix? Checked out. Clay checked out before it even started. Shot collar. Mudbound looks good. Swamp things. Zombievers. Hobo with a shotgun. Sorry for spam. Shot Collar is on Netflix. I've heard it. I, I've seen Violent, that. Violent, gritty, hidden gem. It's a prison movie. You want to watch that one instead of killing him softly? Which one was the killing him softly? <coughs> Pull that one up. That Netflix. was the one with uh, Brad Pitt. Um, what was the one you just said? What was it Shot called? Shot Collar. Shot Collar. Type in killing them softly. Rudder. But I gotta go anyway. I gotta go to the this thing with my my little girl. So I gotta end this podcast. Anyhow. Big Daddy Hazard says killing him. Well, softly. then you better uh, okay. So which you better, one? You better choose one. Killing him softly or shot collar. Okay. So when will that? Need I kind of want to watch killing him softly because he compared that on the Batman movie. So I kind of want to watch it. Okay, we'll do that. Killing, killing them softly. softly. So if right. you guys want to watch... Killing them softly on when Netflix. When are we going to do that review? Um, it's going to have to be... It'll probably be in a month because we don't know when we're going to... Over a month. It'll probably It'll be, be over May. a month. Yeah, well, we're going to figure out... When we figure out when we're going to watch it, we'll post we're watching it, and then we'll let you know when we're going to do the podcast because we might not do it on Wednesday. We might do it on a random day. So, killing them softly it is. This might be... Our last podcast before everything starts turkey season. No, no, we might have one. I have time for one next week. Okay. Okay. But we are taking the podcast board with us. Yeah. So we might not be live, but we'll do podcasts. So. Okay. Well, that was uh, another fun show. I mean, we did actually get informative things out. We did. We really did. We talked about See how we did that? We had some hot takes. Yeah. We talked about Ranted slightly. We ranted slightly, which I know y'all are here for. Yeah. I know y'all like it. All right, Clay, end it. Thanks, guys. Peace.